Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and this week is going to be a continuation of the series, Gird Up Your Loins. Not going to do a long introduction on this, guys. We're going to be covering several topics in this part of the episode. We're going to be reviewing the Young Brant prophecy and going over years one and two. And we're going to be talking about how we see the echoes of the drums of war beating now and where things are lining up. Much of this is a refresher, but for those of you who are new to Innocence Redeemed, you might appreciate the information if you've missed many rounds before or haven't heard them before. Welcome back to the show, many rounds. Well, thank you, Ray. Thanks for having me on again. Brother, it is always great having you here. So in the last episode, we went over the different events and you shared a dream that you had about a tidal wave. And I know there was another dream you wanted to share. Did you um, want to get back into that and tell listeners where we were going? Because I know you wanted to get into the Chuck Youngbrandt prophecy. I know behind the scenes you were telling me you wanted to uh, do a recap on that, and I agreed that it was time to do that. So tell the listeners what you're getting and uh, the discernment you have, and then we'll get into recapping all that. What I got was basically that that we're on the very, very verge of, of all of these things hitting, like boom, 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 you know, real quick. Like, and, and if we're in the first year of what Chuck Youngbrand had spoken about, that means in September, okay, there was going to be a devastating hurricane hit New Orleans. All right. Now, the last real devastating hurricane they got hit with was Katrina. And I mean, they got hammered. Okay. And there was a lot of shenanigans that happened in that whole process that, you know, it's just incredible. But now there's a whole slew of these storms right now that are lined up all the way from Africa, all the way to Florida right now. And the way the earth is convulsing, you know, because of uh, the solar cycles and, and this planetary body that's coming through the solar system, you know, Nibiru or whatever you want to call it, Planet X. The people, you know, cast off as a bunch of conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, it ain't going to look like this conspiracy when you can see it and it's gigantic in your view screen. But right now it's pretty far out there. So, but people are reporting that, that, that they're seeing this other solar body out there from different latitudes, you know, but they're putting the kibosh on any, any broadcasting of that kind of information. So, most folks are never going to hear about any of that until they wake up one morning and they're on their way to work and they're looking at the sun and they're going, what the heck is that other thing right there? But that's affecting the whole solar system and affecting the sun. Okay. And God calls it the destroyer in the Bible. And he's used it to make, you know, radical catastrophic changes on the earth in the past. And this time's no different, except it's going to, I think it's going to pass a lot closer to the earth and affect a lot more of the cosmos in our vicinity than it ever has in the past. And it's going to cause a lot of those things that are recorded in the book of Revelation and in Daniel and elsewhere in Isaiah. You know, I mean, the earth is going to reel to and fro like a drunkard. And that could be from a, a several different reasons. But this huge body out there rolling by the earth is going to affect our magnetic field and it's going to affect the other planets normal you know traversing around the sun so it's going to shake everything out there like the lord said what he was going to do he was going to shake the heavens and the earth well jesus said 
that men's hearts would fail them for what they see coming upon the earth, and the waves will roar. Now, why would the waves roar? You know, well, there's a couple different reasons that could cause that. He prophesied people would be perplexed by the roaring waves. And also, brother, I wanted to read from Isaiah 13, verses 6 through 19, because not only does it go hand in hand with the Brother Bob prophecy, or part of it, but also uh, when you were talking about the heavens and the earth being shaken and removed out of her place. So let's start on verse 6. How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed at one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. If I'm pronouncing that right. Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. And it shall be as the chaste roe, and as a sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn to his own people, and flee every one into his own land. Every one that is found shall be thrust through, and every one that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes, their houses shall be spoiled, and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up meads against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb, their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the child's excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be scared to death, okay, in other words. Well, and, they keep believing the lies, of course, they're going to be perplexed and confused. Yeah, so it's like the, the magma that's underneath is rising, and it's heating up the seabed. In the seabed, you know, there's been reports of uh, high temperatures in the ocean, much higher than normal, okay, in a lot of different places. And there's all all these, like, bulges and crevasses that are appearing in different continents, you know, Antarctica, Africa, you know, and elsewhere, where there's whole hillsides sliding down into the ravine, you know, or, or just sliding off. I mean, a whole bunch of people that are living in these areas that are being affected, but you're not hearing any about this too much on the news, you know? But uh, it's incredible, man. It's just well, incredible. You don't hear about a lot of things on the news. It's Looney Tunes anymore. I mean, that's just the yeah. reality. So you were talking about the storm in September, if this is the year, which you believe it is. Right. And there are a lot of signs that point toward that in the Young Grant prophecy, but then you wanted to get into the Russian elections and that had something to do with that or something? Yeah, I was looking at a um, a video by uh, Stan, I think his name is Johnson, from the Prophecy Club. And he was talking about this timeline. He was going over a timeline, and he was talking about what Demetrius had seen and some other people. 
And then there was a guy named Chris, but I can't remember his last name. I didn't have time before this broadcast to go look him up. But what he was talking about was the New Madrid quake. He saw this huge earthquake and he was taken up into the air or whatever. I don't know. But he was taken somewhere and he and he saw this meeting with Putin and the Chinese guy, president, and some other folks. And he said it was right after Putin had gotten reelected. So the time of the reelection is key, in other words. Now, Putin is going to be elected, according to this guy. He's going to be reelected. And that, that election takes place on March 17th of 2024, right? So in other words, the earthquake is slated to either be right around that time or before that time where this new Madrid quake hits, right? And he doesn't get inaugurated and actually inaugurated until May 7th. And if there's a tie or something or, or there's some difficulty in the count, then they'll do another election on April 7th. But by May 7th, you know, whoever's going to be president will be determined and be inaugurated on May 7th. So he says Putin's going to get reelected, and I can't see why he wouldn't, you know. He's brought the country back, and I mean, they're driving like rockets into the future. So it's like the Russian people are, are really behind him because he's protecting them. He's protecting them, and the evidence is out there. I mean, if you, you know want to do some research, but he's doing a, a darn good job. And NATO's, you know, totally perplexed because they keep throwing all this stuff and going nowhere. And he's just methodically, you know, marching down the field and basically ignoring any of their uh, attempted tackles, you might say. So this election takes place in uh, either, you know, March, April, May in that time frame, right? So this guy was talking about how basically there was going to be this uh, huge, first he talked about a huge storm, okay? that was going to hit the whole United States. And then what he saw was it was raining dollar bills, which indicates an economic collapse, okay, because the dollars were worthless. They were picking up handfuls of dollars, and they were just worthless. And then after that happened, there was this earthquake. You know, God's going to divide the United States in half, basically right down from Chicago all the way to Louisiana, and devastate the Midwest. And somewhere in there, it, it may include uh, California also being devastated by a gigantic earthquake. And John Paul Jackson, okay, John Paul Jackson years ago prophesied about how there was going to be this tremendous storm or hurricane, he said, these are his words, or hurricane hit California. And he said that the earthquake, the big one, would not hit California until after that storm hit, right? Well, California just had a devastating hurricane the first time in 84 years hit and, and basically turned the place into a mud slurry zone, right? Now, you think about all that water, where's it going to go? It's going to go either down or out to the ocean and lubricate the plates, you know? So, and I don't know when, I don't know how long it would take. And he didn't know either. He didn't know the period of time it was going to be from the time they had the storm until the quake hit. They had a five-pointer earthquake during that going on, that rain event going on, when that was all going through there. If anybody yeah, know. didn't know about it. Yeah. yeah, it was in Ojai, and I, I know that area. And uh, that area is tied in through other faults, right to the San Andreas Fault, and other faults that folks probably don't even know about that run up and down through the Sierra Nevada, like the one that hit that naval base out there. Uh, gosh, what was it? 
I can't think of the name of it, but it's out there north of Mojave a ways. But anyway, it was a, a large naval base, and they do uh, lots of testing of weapons out there. Anyway, so in other words, the California may also get nailed, which may like be the beginning of the whole cascading event. And that's next year, right? So according to what Chuck was shown, the year before that, which is this year, in December, the president was going to have serious troubles, he said. And I can see that happening. I mean, anybody can see that that's happening. The president is having serious issues with his mind, okay? And and I guess they're, they may be pumping him full of some sort of uh, stimulants, but they are wearing off. I've noticed that they're wearing off more rapidly as time progresses. Well, you know, that was another thing about the Maui fires. He was over there saying degrading things. That was on the news yesterday. He was saying things like that were very degrading considering what people were going through. He was at an event for survivors and he was falling asleep. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a picture of America, you know? I mean, yeah, definitely. He's a a perfect picture of the state of the United States right now. You know, God gives people a leader they deserve, you know, even though they ramrodded him in there illegally, he's still in the hot seat there. When I, when the elections were going on in 2020, before it was even called, I kept praying on it and praying on it. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I believe I heard in my spirit, I'm going to give them what they want. Yeah. Well, the one who comes next is going to be worse, a lot worse. Yes. You know, and she's a cackling hyena, that one. (laughs) Jezebel on steroids, you know. But where I was going with that was that he's in deep trouble now. And it's what, August, right? Well, by December, the situation may be so severe that they can't even bring him out anymore. You know, I don't know. Now, Chuck wrote this years and years and years ago. And he said that the president was going to be having serious problems, okay? I actually have that out in front of me. I want to go over that each point one by one. So let me start at the beginning. Okay. It says the first year. Do not buy an air conditioner. Get used to the heat. It's been a very hot summer, interestingly enough. Do not buy gas cans and store white gas. And it says in parentheses, I assume white gas means propane. Number three, spring rain will be followed by summer heat and gas shortages. Well, we've had the summer heat for sure. Now, gas shortages, um, I've heard things about that and the strategic reserve being emptied. Yeah, it's well, they've been giving it to whoever, you know? Yeah, they were sending the oil to China. Oh, yeah, there you go, you know? Number four, the dollar will begin to slide in July. For this reason, crude oil imported to the United States will increase sharply and there will be gold value problems. Been a lot of back and forth with that, though, for a few years now. Yeah. Number five, temperature rise will begin in early June. And then in parentheses, Chuck asked the Lord, when in early June? Jesus said June 9th. Did you notice that's when it started going up? I think you and I yeah. talked around that time. Yeah. yeah, I did. And it did start on June 9th. It, it started getting hot. Yep. And it will climb, reaching peak temperatures in July. And this will hold all through July. July was very hot. Yeah. It'll hold all through July, August, and September, followed by sudden and drastic temperature drop in October. There will be no rain of any significance from mid-June and on. I'd say that's accurate in most places. Yeah. Devastating hurricane to hit New Orleans in September. That's what you were just going over. Number eight, the president will be in serious trouble by December. Number nine, 
Japan and China will become friends through economic agreements this year and arrange certain defense agreements that will seem aligned at Russia, but secretly aimed initially at the United States. This will be a great deception. The United States will fall for it. The Japanese government will change character drastically in a visible way. We have yet to see that happen, but what's confusing about that is it would appear that Russia and China are teaming up. Now, Russia may know they're not stupid. They may be aware that China is actually against them. Yeah, but they'll use them as long as they can. You know, the, the enemy of my friend is my enemy or whatever. You know, so. Keep your friends close, yeah. but your enemies closer. Yeah. Number 10, the angel of death awaits through this year. Now, it's interesting. There's no 11 and 12 here. It just jumps to number 13. Yeah. Going back to the Japan thing, right? Yeah. I've been kind of watching them closely, and they have developed, they have their own aircraft carrier. Did you know that? And it's a, it's a high-speed, low-drag carrier, man. I mean, it's nice, state-of-the-art. I have heard that they have sophisticated it, subs. Yeah, and what I think is they're not dumb, and they can see the writings on the wall for the United States, right? And they can see that Russia and China are the winning team now, okay? They live over there, you know? They live right across the ocean, uh, a, little, a little hop, skip, and jump, and they're in China. So they have to think about their future. All right. And they're not going to alienate or burn the bridge completely between them and China uh, in the hopes that America is somehow going to pull off some miracle and be able to uh, provide them with some sort of military protection. Okay. I think they're very aware of what the real true situation in the United States, Um, you know, that it's it's basically running on momentum from the 1980s. Okay. And the Chinese and the Russians, however, are have developed their equipment and their stuff to a level of technology that they haven't even revealed yet. Okay, and the Japanese are in on that a little bit too because they're they're a very uh, innovative bunch of folks. I mean, they developed many things over there in in the tech industry that are you know groundbreaking. And yeah, they, they might have you know used a lot of information they got from the United States, but that's not stupid. That's being smart, you know. And so I think what they might be doing is they're playing the United States to get what they can from them now, and still making deals with the Russians in the background behind the scenes. You know what I mean? That's definitely so, what's going on, I believe. Yeah, I mean they're they're covering their bases, and I think that's on their part. It's a wise move because. They're looking to preserve themselves too, and and who knows what Chi and and you know the North Koreans may have made overtures to Japan and said, look, you know we're offering you this in the future because we appreciate you and we know you're you'd be an asset on our side of the fence. So here's your chance. You know they're all descended from the same dude. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. From from Noah, one of those brothers. So they're not dumb. And so anyway, I just wanted to go over that with you a little bit on that one. No, I think that that's a very good thing to mention. That's a, that you made that point. But number thirteen, we, when we go on in this list, continue in faith. The net of prayer will grow steadily and then unexpectedly. Be ready. You know, right. I've been telling everybody recently: be embrace, embrace the Lord, embrace the suffering, do what you have to do, but don't stop praying. Yeah. Because yep. God's going to answer the prayers for people who have long been praying for things that they have been, and they've mm-hmm. been suffering through a lot of already what's been going on. Yeah. Number 14, 
Do not fear. This year, many will lose jobs and city and state governments will fail suddenly. Uh, well, that has been actually happening in certain places. The funding is running yeah. out. Well, yeah, there's a lot of cities that are, that are having some serious problems with the uh, homeless, you know. Mm -hmm. That's been happening yeah. up on, all up and down the West Coast. Yeah, they're failing. I mean, the cities... For a few years now, actually. The support mechanism is failing. It is failing. I mean, it's failing. It's a, there's no other way to say it. It's, it's just broke, you know, and it's getting worse. You know, check that off. There will be serious economic crumbling, Psalm 37 through 39 quoted, which says, But the right. salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Right. Disease will start from California and move east. Many left incapacitated. From Georgia, a plague to kill thousands as it spreads. Panic and fear will grip the nation. It's interesting, you know, on that point, how they've been getting everything ready as far yeah, as... I, yeah, I, what, what that tells me is they're going to drop some canister or they're going to spray an area or whatever they're going to do to contaminate it. And then it suddenly people will start getting this disease. You know what I mean? And it, and it will be devastating. It will, you know, succumb. People will die, no doubt. But it'll, it'll, it'll help to promote their push to everybody, you know. For, or bring in the foreign troops to restore order, because I think the next one's going to be something that can be seen. It won't be an invisible yeah. boogeyman people can't see, or something like a bad no. flu. So next one. Yeah, the food riots. Food riots will break out in August in many major cities. Now we're almost at the end of August. We have not seen that yet. No, we haven't yet, but there have been little uh, disturbances in the, about people saying that there's a lot of stuff missing or that this is drying up and that rice is drying up and da-da-da-da-da, and the big box stores are having trouble getting this and that. You know, people are starting to uh, panic a little bit. They're empty. I mean, look what happened in California right before that hurricane there. They waited to the last minute, like they do. And then they went there to Costco or wherever and stripped the shelves bare. Well, we saw that right? at the beginning of COVID. Oh, and it's going to get worse. Did you hear that they just passed a law there now where apparently people can loot stores and anybody who tries to stop them or prevent them from doing so can be arrested and fined? Like, I think some incredible amount, like up to $18,000 or some ridiculous amount. I mean, this is the spirit of lawlessness. This is lawlessness. This is the country breaking down right now. So, I mean, it's going to get worse nationwide when all this starts to happen. Yeah. Now, think so, about this. That hurricane damaged a lot of the roads and the infrastructure to get a lot of those stores resupplied, right? But you're not hearing that too much. But I'll bet you right now they're having a problem getting certain commodities through those muddied areas that they're cleaning up as fast as they can. We would need listeners in California to confirm that for us. What's going on over there? Yeah, but I, I, if something does happen this month, it's probably going to start out there somewhere, maybe on the East Coast. But have you heard about the, all these uh, boats that are locked up uh, right near the Panama Canal because they can't get through? No, I haven't. But I want to get I want to get to the next point because you know we were talking about how people people couldn't get food or they went and panicked. Well, that happened at the beginning of COVID. Well, it's interesting. From Georgia, a plague to kill thousands as it spreads panic and fear will grip the nation. Well, that's what happened at the beginning of COVID. And every time there's an event, that's what people do because they don't get ready. They don't carry extra things. So that's how the horror yeah. comes because that brings us to point 19. 
food costs to soar, availability declines, quality is poor, hoarding magnifies the problems. Right. Government tries, this is point 20, government tries but fails to instill confidence. Point 21, mm -hmm. those who rebel against God will also rebel against government and hundreds of thousands will want for food and starvation begins. And then it says Psalm 37, 35 quoted. Mm -hmm. Verse 35 in Psalm 37, 35 says, I have seen in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. And, you know, I want to read the King James Version translation of that because it's interesting what we're seeing up in northern Nevada right now at this Burning Man festival. If you look at the King James Version of Psalm 37, 35, it says, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. That event at the Burning Man Festival, these people got rained out and all this jazz and all that. Whereas the media is hyping this and saying, oh, these poor people, these poor people. No, they're getting exactly what they've sown. That is a warning shot, what they got up there. That was a warning shot to repent because worse is going to come for those taking part in such deeds. They were sacrificing to idols. They're taking part in orgies and all these detestable sins. And you notice they got rained on and trapped there. That was God opening up the heavens, raining it down on them. And, you know, interestingly enough, our wicked government wants to come in there and like, oh, we have to do something. And then they're going to cry climate change. And that's what's going to happen as these judgments begin to fall. You're going to see those who are participating in wicked deeds not repent and they're going to flaunt it even more and do even more detestable things before they actually turn around. And it's going to get really, really bad before they change their ways. But, you know, people in Hawaii, forget it. Eat ash, go back to your home and wait to die. And you can't talk about this or you can't talk about that. People at the Burning Man rally, oh, no problem. Well, you know, we're going to send help and, oh, we got to do something to get these poor people out of there. I mean, come on. These people are utterly wicked that are controlling or in power of everything. And those taking part in it, your days are on notice from the Lord. So I want to put that out there. And, you know, for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into it. But if anybody wants to or that's concerned, read Ezekiel 16 and read Jeremiah 6. Because both of those chapters in the Word pertain to what exactly is going on at the Burning Man Festival. Just thought I'd put that out there really quick. Anyway. Moving on to more of the judgments coming. Point 22. Heat is unbearable. No rain. Multitudes curse God, but those touched by love of Christ will repent and God will spare them. Psalm 53, one is quoted. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. I mean, the Burning Man Festival I was just talking about is a great example of that. This country is pretty much there right now. There's a lot of that going on. I mean, there's oh, good yeah. people out there who know what's going on. They know their children. And I love it, too, with all this stuff. Oh, the children, the children, the children. We care about the children, so get your booster. And, and then, on the other hand, they're sexually exploiting them. And by the way, on that note, in that festival I was just talking about, there are parents, these free spirit, quote-unquote, taken their young kids to this. And this same festival has an orgy tent, like where they're having brothels and stuff. Now, I haven't heard anything about kids being involved, but who knows what's going on. The fact of the matter is, burning effigies, all this stuff, teaching them, influencing them in this way. You know, what did Jesus say about the millstone and those who keep the children from coming to him? Well, there's going to be a, a, a tsunami of filth. It's going to be coming down the pike pretty soon here, too. And, and it's going to be backed by the government. I mean, the, the government's going to legislate it into law, that it's okay to go ahead and 
do these evil deeds. Uh, and anybody who said anything against that is going to be the bad guy, which is you and me and everybody else. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's a believer. And we're going to so, be called to step into it more and more as these things happen. Yeah. Number 23, power outs caused by heat. This is what we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. I said, oh, they, you know, they want to overwhelm the grid. You know, it's like, oh, you can't have air conditioners. Oh, and then they'll turn around and blame air conditioners. Point 24, riots and deliberate destruction by enraged individuals and extremist groups aiming at overthrow of the government. And then we get into Proverbs 23, 25 through 26, mm. which says, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. You know, on that note, we could relate that to Psalm 91, specifically verse 7, a thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So you want to be walking close with the Lord, in other words? That's exactly it. Now, this is interesting. Local police will fail to deal with violence and state troopers will be called out. And in some areas, the violence will be so severe that federal troops and tanks will have to be called out. Psalm 125.1 is quoted. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. And that's what the Lord is doing right now, I believe, through all the waiting and the testing. He's building our foundations mm-hmm. so that when these things come, we are not shaken. Now, if this is the first year, December is not looking pretty. Point no. 26, in December, Russia will accidentally nuke four American cities, Lexington, Kentucky, Richmond, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, and just north of New York City. You know, before we got on tonight, a Canadian prepper had a video up saying something about yeah. New York. I don't know if you saw that or not. No, I didn't catch that. So continuing in this point, though, the U.S. counterattacks and hits three Russian cities. If that ends up happening, it's on. Well, not necessarily. Well, you know, or I it, think the, that would be enough to put us into the martial law. That You want to talk about the martial law scenario? Yeah, it would definitely be martial law. It would probably be martial law when the riots start to come, you know, happen. And they'll let it go for a while, you know, until everybody's crying for, you know, somebody to step in and do something. Yeah, I can and see it happening that way. The government itself is going to be under tremendous stress trying to put a stop to it, but they won't be able to. And there's going to be gang, roving gangs of marauders running around taking whatever they want. And at some point here, when Kamala gets in power, because it's here in December, the president's going to be in trouble, right? So that's right around the same time all these riots are happening. I was just thinking that too. Yeah, so they're going to declare martial law, and they're going to say, okay, everybody's got to turn their guns in. It's not a choice, okay? You either turn your guns in, or you're going to be thrown in prison, okay? And they're going to have all the tools necessary to accomplish that by pre-positioning their goons throughout all the cities, you know, to go house to house, walk up to your door and say, okay, we have a list of weapons you have. You need to book, bring them all out, and we're going to throw them in this truck. You know, you'd be surprised, man. A lot of people will talk a talk like, "Well, well, that ain't going to ever happen in the United States," you know, or blah blah blah. Or I'll go out, you know. Well, a lot of people at that time, they're going to be hungry and distraught and brainwashed with propaganda to mind-bending lengths 
to the point where many of them are going to capitulate. Now, there's going to be some that won't, no doubt, and they're going to hold their ground. But And that's what Demetri Dudeman talked about, you know, that right before the attack came, people from the middle of the country, mostly, right, the middle of the country, which is the, the old Bible belt, okay, where people, you know, farmers, ranchers, hardworking folks, <clears throat> they know what, you know, where, where an egg comes from, are going to say, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not taking my guns. And they're going to sit there at the border with their guns, okay? And that may be when you keep going, keep going. We can talk about that later. Well, that was pretty much the end of the first year. I didn't know if you wanted to go into the second year, but if you do, I mean, that gets into what you were saying about the strong tremor being, yeah. coming through. Yeah. Well, in the second year, you think about it, you're going to have four cities in the United States that have been totally devastated by nuclear weapons, right? Now, that attack, it, it says it's accidental. So I would imagine that the Russians are going to call up, you know, the Pentagon and say, hey, we got a problem, you know. We tried to shoot down as many as we could, but we've got several missiles that are inbound into your country. And these are the targets. And we'll try to assist you in knocking the rest of them down. And and then the United States is going to launch whatever anti-missile systems we have to try to knock out a few more. And they will knock out a few more because I think there was a total of 12 missiles that were launched accidentally. Now, think about this, too. Right now, you've got, you know, the Russians are ramped up against Ukraine, and they're moving a lot of heavy machinery and weapons around in their country. And some of them are being moved around secretly, and they're training their crews on a constant basis how to use them and how to launch them. And they're they're bringing in new blood. I mean, they're conscripting people to join the military right now. Now, you got, so that means you've got a whole bunch of green, sort of green blood coming into the the whole system, which we've got the human error factor here, okay? So somebody somewhere makes a mistake or they have a computer glitch because somebody hooked up the wrong software. Or maybe it was even caused by some of our, what, what do you call it when they, when they attack your net, you know? Cyber ref- warfare. Yeah, cyber warfare. Or they'll, t- they're, and they'll turn around and say, oh, everybody needs an ID to get online, which they're going to they're gonna try to do that anyway with the financial stuff through Fed now. That's another thing they're doing. Or it could be AI. You know, you have everybody. It's interesting. You have people coming out saying what a danger AI is, and yet they keep promoting it at the same time. Yeah, I know. Somehow, some way, they have a problem. But they voluntarily call up the United States and say, hey, we got a problem, guys. And so they make some agreement, you know, like like in that movie, uh, Failsafe, you know. Well, you nuked four of our cities. So what are we going to do, guys? Well, I guess you're going to have to nuke three of ours, you know, and they'll make some deal and they'll probably some money change his hands. I don't know, but we nuke three of their cities. And I would imagine that is a completely separate event from both the Azov Mina prophecy and the upcoming uh, nuclear attack on the United States by the Russians and the Chinese later that year. It's a it's a completely completely separate event, but it, but it, in essence, it weakens the country even more. You know, the ultimate outcome is it's going to totally devastate four of our cities, and all the all the terrible grief and you know other problems that it's going to produce. You're going to have radiation everywhere. You're going to have 
you know, a constant uh, barrage of problems come up in the surrounding areas of these cities that is going to become a very difficult situation to manage. So it's just going to even further weaken the country as a whole, making us even more susceptible to later events is where I'm going with that. But he says, he says in January that Iowa is going to be struck by a strong tremor. And 30 days later, a massive quake will hit Boston. So uh, they're followed by a wave of quakes, leaving blows clear across the nation. And at that time, you know, the Lord will send out prophets across the nation and call for repentance in late spring. The winter is going to be very intense and very cold. So, you know, if, if you if you can stock up your wood supply or get a wood-burning stove and split a lot of wood between now and winter, I would suggest you do so. Or get some other means of heating your place because from what he was saying, it's going to get down to like minus 46 degrees below zero in Chicago. And that's cold, man. And many people are going to die, you know. I mean, they're going to literally freeze to death in their house. So this winter that is preceding the uh, the other events later on in the year is going to be devastating in and of itself. So I, I would highly recommend folks make preparations for that and uh, get some means to heat your home. Now, but this is the second year. Correct. So that means this, then if that, if this is the first year that we're in right now, this would be next year. See, I don't put a timeline on things because I don't believe, because any of these could happen at any time. Yeah. But I mean, it's August now, December, you're talking, it's winter already, right? And it's going to be probably winter till March. So you're talking about three, four months of, you know, extreme cold weather that's going to hit the nation. That's going to be probably unprecedented. We had that, well, we had that last year. Yeah, well, it's going to be worse this year, you know, coming, which is only a few months away. I mean, people have only got a few months. If things get really cold in October, then you're talking August, September, October. You're talking, I mean, you got two months to go out and split some wood and get your place ready and insulate your place. So whatever you got to so do. So you believe that this will be the beginning of 2024 then? Yeah. This winter and the beginning of 2024? You know, we'll we'll see. We'll watch and see. But I think. Before the, this month is out, we're, we're going to see some riots somewhere across the country, and uh, these these diseases are going to pop up. Well, we did but, see, interestingly uh, enough, we saw riots in France. Think about what the repercussions through Europe have been because of some of the moves that this government has done in sanctioning Russia, stupidly, you know, and basically curtailing. Uh, the ability for the Europeans to keep themselves warm and get wheat from Ukraine or wherever. And oh, food they're, and, yeah, they're talking about rationing and, electricity. I heard something that they're gonna—they're starting to play yeah. games over in the UK with people's electricity. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Like they're trying and, to tell people, like, oh, there's not enough to go around or something. Yeah, and uh, the economy is is shaking and quaking right now. I mean, yeah, you could have a serious economic shutdown in a month or two suddenly you know just totally devastates the country economically and then you're going to have did you seriously going to have riots you know and other issues and people are i mean dude people are going to be eating each other you know that's how bad it's going to get 
read about the siege they had in Jerusalem, you know, years ago. And people were eating their children and boiling their kids in pots. I mean, this is no joke, okay? This is no joke. This is real deal here. That's in Deuteronomy, I believe. Is is it Deuteronomy 28 or 29, if I remember right? Well, I think it's in Genesis, too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's in Genesis. And it's in uh, Samuel. It's in Samuel, 2 Samuel, and and, in Chronicles. So, you know, read those, because it's in there. The king was so distraught, he was wearing sackcloth, you know? When this woman came up to him and said, hey, you know what? This woman and I made an agreement that we would eat my kid one day, and then we would eat her kid the next day. Well, she's she's reneging on the deal, oh, king. And the king was just flipping out. He ripped his shirt open and wept, and he was like really, really upset at the prophet that prophesied this. Remember? It was Elijah. Elijah. He was like, oh, man, I want to get a hold of Elijah and wring his neck, you know, basically what he said. But Elijah told him this is going to cost so much and this is going to cost so much. And basically telling him a bunch of food is coming. By the way, that is um, 2 Samuel 13, just so everybody knows. Okay. The king got up, tore his robe and threw himself on the ground. His advisors also tore their clothes in horror and sorrow. 2 Samuel 13, 31. But the point is that, you know, you're going to have these roving gangs and marauders running around, man, that are going to just rape and pillage. And uh, they're going to do what they do. And people that are kicking back, you know, watching uh, movies and eating popcorn, they're in for a huge shock, man. And all of this is all going to be going on during the same time they're going to be pumping this anti-gun rhetoric. We're taking away the only ability people have to defend themselves against this kind of thing. And um, it's just going to be a gigantic mess. And the people that retain their arms, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are are hurting already, and they don't have money to go out and buy an expensive weapon, you know, or spend three or four, six hundred bucks on a good pistol or a thousand dollars on a nice rifle or whatever. You know, it's like if I didn't have gun one, I I have the Lord, okay? But I also have a means. I I can make spears, if nothing else, okay? I can go out and and find some trees that are about an inch in diameter and wrap up a couple of uh, nice pointy spears if I have nothing else, or a baseball bat even, you know, a a sledgehammer. I mean, they used to have this thing called the uh, Butter Knife Brigade during some sieges and wars. But it was basically, you know, you start out with a butter knife and you take somebody's gun with your butter knife, you know. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, people need to be, they need to seek God on all this. OK, because it's coming down. The judgment's coming down. That's what he's showing me, brother. You know, and uh, there's nothing wrong with defending yourself. Read Nehemiah. You know, I mean. I, it's Luke 21, I think, isn't it? Or 20, where Jesus said, hey, did, did you guys lack anything when you went out? You know, when I sent you guys out and I said no. And he said, well, now I'm telling you, sell your jacket and go get a sword. Okay. Because the things concerning me have an end. And we're at the end of the things concerning him, which means you're going to have to be able to defend yourself. 
And it's your duty as a as a priest of your household, if you're a man, to defend your loved ones and your property. You know, if your wife and your kids, your family, with whatever means is at your disposal, and count on God to help see it through and make That's, the right choices. That verse you were referring to, by the way, was Luke twenty two thirty six. Yeah, there you go. And read I, it. I, go ahead and read. Then he said to them, "But now." He who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Right. That's it. Because the things concerning me have an end. That's there too, I think, somewhere. Isn't it? For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he right. was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. Yeah, right. Exactly. And he was talking to us. He was talking 2,000 years in the future, brother. You know, like when he was quoting Isaiah in the synagogue there. He didn't go and quote the last half of the verse because it was for a future time. He only quoted the first part of the verse in Isaiah, where he's the one that, you know, came to heal the brokenhearted and all that, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's coming down right now. It's been coming down. And, you know, don't believe all this, you know, bring it back better garbage because it ain't coming back better. This country's done. And uh, they need to come to grips with that, okay? That's what I'm saying. People need to realize that the United States of America is Babylon, spoken of in, in Revelation. And, you know, read chapter 18 of Revelation or chapter 50, 51 of Jeremiah where he talks about the destruction of Babylon and how we were taken unawares. We didn't know it was coming. And the reeds have been broken, meaning that the communications are down, because that's what they used to use in the old days, reeds to make signals, you know, or horns or whatever that convey messages across long distances. You know, your city is taken at one end, and the leader of the country's knees are starting to knock, you know, and his hands go limp. I mean... He's talking about the United States of America. There's no other country that fits that description. I mean, and, and many other people have been given that revelation that the United States is Mystery Babylon. It's Mystery Babylon. You know? It should resonate like, in your spirit that it's Mystery Babylon, and anybody trying to debate that needs to read their Bible. Yeah, they need to read it. You know, in the generation that I was raised in, I grew up in the early 60s, and back then... The country was much different than it is now, much different. And there was a lot of good that isn't in the country now. And there was a lot of shenanigans going on even then. And even before that, after World War II, before World War II, and what we did with the Indians and the slaves and all that has accumulated. But now, you know, from 73, you know, they started killing babies wholesale in the womb. And now it's out of the womb. And now it's blatant murder everywhere. Okay, and blatant sexual immorality everywhere. This place is making Sodom blush. And it's just disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's going to get worse than it is right now. There's going to be all kinds of perverted, you know, stuff that we're going to have to endure to to keep our kids from and somehow keep them protected from this deluge of filth where people are going to be having you know, having the sex act right out and open anywhere they want. Yeah, I went into some of that earlier with the Burning Man thing, but when uh, when we were preparing for the show, you had made a comment that they were going to pass legislation 
so people could do whatever they wanted. Did you want to explain that really quick for the listeners? Because I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard much about it, but I know it's coming. Well, yeah, they're already. I mean, look at look at what's going on with the LGBTQ rainbow people. Okay, the White House. Okay, they had a party at the White House promoting how wonderful it was that all these people are that way. Remember Pride Month? I mean, Pride. Okay, Pride Month. Pride where you've got all these abhorrent deviants running around pushing their sodomite garbage everywhere. And nobody's making a peep out of the church, okay? It's saying, hey, you know what? You guys are running yourself into hell. You know, maybe you should uh, stop doing that. You know, I mean... Uh, you know, we actually, much, did, much, we actually did address this the last time we did a show together, I believe, from what I remember. Now that I think about it, we did. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. It needs I to mean, be a set again. That first bow, that the first rider on in the book of Revelation, right? The first white rider on the white horse is carrying a bow and he has a crown because he has the authority, okay, to push this rainbow, all right, on everybody. And he will go forth conquering and to conquer. Look at what's going on in the schools. And it's part of the persecution. And if that... you don't go along with it, man, you're, you're not progressive. You are behind the times and you are the enemy. Oh okay. yeah, and you're yeah you're hated, and you're not filled with love. But yeah. they they can hate and tell everybody that they're you know not right. But as bad as it is now, it's going to get way worse. God is giving them over to this spirit, and there's who knows how many of these evil spirits have been unleashed out of CERN or wherever that are just covering their planet now and infiltrating people, and people involved in any way in any of this activity are going to become even more, um, what's the word, uh, amplified. It's going to amplify their actions and their arrogance and their aggressiveness. Their aggressiveness is going to increase to the point of violence. They'll willy-nilly just rape people in the middle of the street, and the cops are going to do nothing because they don't want to lose their career, you know, over protecting someone. They'll claim it as legal. It's Oh, you know, it's okay, man. You know, our truth is the truth. We can make any truth we want. I think many of the true officers are going to end up resigning. And I think what you're referring to is more or less being given over to a debased mind, which, I mean, that's laid out in Romans 1, 28, 32. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. And you know, you were just talking about the church and how it doesn't speak out. And it is. It's like, oh, well, you know, just welcome everybody. And Jesus is just love. God is just love. You don't need to repent. You know, they don't talk about these things that we're covering today and have covered many, many times. And so people are given over to deception. Their hearts deceive them, in other words. And that's where things are. And it's getting more insane by the day. And that's the best word and term I can use to describe it. Yeah. Now, in regards to what you were starting to say about law enforcement, they're going to make sure that they cut funding for that, too, just like they've been doing already. They're going to pack their suburbans and run for the hills. That's what they're going to do. You know, I don't blame them at all. 
and protect their own families. And they're just going to let Sodom and Gomorrah eat themselves. And that's what they're going to do. And we're going to be trying to survive in the midst of it all. You know, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. The smart people, they're not even Christians, but the smart folks are, are leaving the country now, going somewhere. I don't know where. The Lord is, he's causing separations. You know, he's positioning people. Yeah. He's, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's moving people right now. Yes. But there's a lot of, a lot of these immigrants, you know, that, that have come into the country, right? Some, some illegally, but some legally that have been here for years. I'll bet you, you know, they're probably highly considering going back to their home country right now because they know that this place is going down and they don't want any part of it. And it's, it's better now in their home country than it, it's going to be here. You know, and, and the smart folks are seeing that and going, well, you know, um, it's time to go, time to get out, time to get out of here. And if we want to survive, we want to live. Now, the Lord's going to keep some people here to preach and to bring in people to, to him. So everyone's going to have to seek God in their own prayer closet, whatever that looks like, and find out what he wants you to do. Need to be doing that but now. We should already be doing they that. Need to, they need to really get down and they need to listen for his voice and um, seek him out on his will. Learn his ways now because we're really quickly running out of time. And uh, when it hits, it's going to hit like a ton of bricks. You know, I mean, blood's going to run, man. Blood is going to run in the streets, buddy. Did you, by chance, you, have you heard that song by that kid, uh, Oliver, what's his name, Anthony, I think? I have not. No. Okay. But anyway, this kid, he, he's a good kid. He came up with this song that sort of conveys how a lot of people in not only the United States, but the world are feeling right now. It's connecting with a lot of folks, but I look at it like a catalyst. It's a piece of the blister. You know, the blister is bulging and about to pop and it won't take much to pop it. And when it does pop, it's not going to be a good thing because you've got a lot of people that are very upset and they're watching everything that they've ever worked for or sweat for or bled for be flushed down the toilet by these folks that are running everything and they don't know why, you know, they don't understand that it's because the country has turned itself into Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, they, they watch a gay pride parade and then they wonder why, you know, the gas went up another buck <clears throat> or this disaster happened or, you know, there's a gigantic fire over here or all these things are, are happening all around them. <clears throat> but they don't connect the dots. They don't say, hey, look, there's a reaction. There's action reaction going on here, guys. Do you see it? God is not so subtly warning you. That oh, there's apostasies and sin everywhere. There's idolatry is rampant. So is the adultery. Yeah. Every, everything. All of it. The perversion. Yeah. It's, it's a flood. It's a wave. It's a gigantic wave. And the Lord's allowing it because the people have... They have no sight. They have eyeballs, but they can't see. And they have no hearing. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Yeah, and what you were just saying there about the uh, ears and the eyes, we look at Jeremiah 5, 21 through 29. Listen, you foolish and senseless people, with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble at my presence? 
I, the Lord, defined the ocean's sandy shoreline as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. Hmm. More on that in a moment. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass the boundaries I set. But my people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned away and abandoned me. They do not say from the heart, let us live in awe of the Lord our God, for he gives us rain each spring and fall, assuring us of a harvest when the time is right. Your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all these good things. Among my people are wicked men who lie in wait for victims like a hunter hiding in a blind. They continually set traps to catch people. Like a cage filled with birds, their homes are filled with evil plots. And now they are great and rich. They are fat and sleek, and there is no limit to their wicked deeds. They refuse to provide justice to orphans and deny the rights of the poor. That's happening right now. Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? That's exactly what we've been trying to say over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's like you and I, we've been, I don't know how long you've been doing this, but I've been doing this for a while. Glenda's been doing it for a while. Steve Quayle's been doing it for 40 years, you know? Demetri did it for quite a while there. And others, uh, that little celestial gal, she's been doing it for the last five years or something, right? Yep. And it's like people are just blowing it off. You know, they're just blowing it off. And it's written in the Bible that they would blow it off. They are blowing it off. And they'll continue to blow it off until there's somebody butchering their wife on their front lawn. And then it'll be too late. They'll have no foundation to to fall back on and say, no, I'm not going to deny Jesus. I don't care what you do. Because they're going to butcher people right in front of their families, man. They're going to rip them open and slaughter them and then people that give in that deny jesus are going to be even worse devils afterwards man because they're going to know they that they've permanently removed themselves from any hope they would have ever had well if that doesn't get your attention i don't know what will and on that mockery that you were just speaking of you know we look at acts thirteen forty one. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Yeah. You know, so the mockers, the scoffers, and I was given a vision, you know, on what, it's not good what happens, because a lot of them, many of them, uh, go into captivity. Right. Yeah. The Chinese have a lot of boats, you know. And a lot of people are going to die. People, well, the judgments are going to come, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of us, we are even going to have to suffer along with those who are unbelieving. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy times no matter what you're doing, but the closer no. you are with the Lord, the better, you know, that'll be his mercy. Those who are walking close to him. Well, a lot of it, we're going to have to endure some severe, severe hardship like we've never seen and never seen, you know, it's going to be so incredibly drastic. Other nations are going to gasp at what's going on here. They're already gasping at. Well, they're going to walk by. That's it. We're becoming hissing. They walk by with astounded horror. Yeah. I mean, this country, as far as Russia is concerned, and uh, a few other nations, some of the Arab nations, we are an abhorrent pit of depravity and rightly assessed by them. It is. And uh, people wonder what. I, I just have another parade, you know, have another parade, go have another parade. 
see what else happens. They're going to start hunting us. They're already hunting us. I mean, there's people out there right now, man. I've got a little gal. I can't remember her name. Um, Karen something. Her last name's, I can't remember. But she, the gal that, that I was talking about who uh, was talking about and the sheriffs and all that, she's running for her life. The last I heard, she was down in Mexico, and the CIA was after her, and um, they were doggedly pursuing her. They poisoned a bunch of her friends to intimidate them so they wouldn't help her, and then she ended up going down there to hide out, and they poisoned her down there somehow with some aerosol, and she was sick as a dog, and she so she put out one last tweet, and nobody's heard from her since. I, I pray to God she's alive. I pray to God. Because she's a brave woman, man. She was like one of the bravest people I've ever seen, literally. At the pointy end of the stick of this battle, there is this petite little gal who's running for her life because she tried to save people here in the United States from being poisoned by this juice that they're trying to push on everybody and expose the lie and expose these, these criminals that are behind it all. And may God protect her and her family. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, look what they did to Alex Jones. They're coming. They're coming. They know where everybody is, man. And I'm good with that. Let them come. You know, they're going to come. They're going to earn their money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Whatever it is. They don't call you many rounds for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've read Nehemiah probably 500 times. Well, I know what Jesus said, and I know what he meant. He was no pacifist. You know, he did what he did because he loves us. All right. The only reason he was crucified because he chose to, you know, perform that act to save our bacon. And the only way that could be done with his blood, you know, because it's the only blood that will cleanse the sin away from us. But, you know, he he didn't go until his appointed time. Before that, he walked through crowds of dudes that wanted to stone him, right? Anybody wonder how he did that? Read it again. He walked right through crowds and wanted to throw him off a cliff. I mean, he had some burly dudes with him, too. He went down to the beach and picked out a bunch of rusty, crusty sailors, fishermen, and a few other hard cases to be his disciples. You're talking about some serious forearms on those boys pulling those nets up all day, okay? You know, it's like walking down the street with the fearsome foursome. You know, or the front line of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you know, he, he was, you know, the Lord protected him. Yep. And uh, he's going to do the same for us. All we got to do is believe and trust him. And that's believe, trust him, be walking with him. You know, you serve him. Choose this day who you'll serve. You know, you're walking with him. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm counting on, man, because I know it ain't going to be my by my sword or my bow. That It ain't going to be enough. If, if it's my time, it's my time. But if it isn't, Maybe he'll open up the earth and swallow all, all those dudes. And the rest of them will run like faster than they've ever ran, you know? Because they don't want to be around that dude. That dude knows the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord is uh, in that area. We, we No, 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 no. We're going to go take out somebody that's a little less uh, of a problem. But he said we'd be persecuted, some of us, to death. And, and there's a whole slew of people underneath that altar, brother. You know? There is. They were martyred. And, you know... If that's what he wants to do with me, then okay. But they're going to get an earful before they do it, if I can. And they're going to get some scripture. But uh, our days are numbered being on the internet, brother. So it's like 
maybe folks will remember this, but when push comes to shove, don't deny Jesus Christ for a bowl of beans, okay? Or some promise that they give you. Because every time they move their lips, they lie. And they're out to eat you. That's it. And it needs to be understand that they're whipping things up to the degree that they are. And it's starting now. And it's going to get progressively and progressively worse. Yeah. So it comes to a point that they wear people down that they want to give up. A well-known tactic of Satan, by the way. And they're his earthly minions. Well, I mean, they're burning people now. They're literally incinerating people for their own aims. You know? Look what happened in Hawaii, man. Yep. Elsewhere. Before that, back in 2020, they nailed uh, a whole bunch of forests up in the Sequoias and the Sierras and burned out whole communities, just vaporized their homes and their cars and everything else somehow, you know. Uh, It was very strange, weird fires. And there was even people that photographed these laser beams coming down to start these things up. Yeah, Deborah Tavares has talked about that. It's not some theory. It, this is this stuff is really going on. And some people might think it's tinfoil hat stuff and all this stuff. Well, guess what? A lot of those dudes in the tinfoil hat, they knew what they were talking about. Because look what's happening now. You know, they predicted this stuff years ago. And now look what's going down. The, the Ukrainians, you know, back in 2007, they thought the Russians will never come in here. They will never come back in here. Well, guess what? They're in there now, just like Philip Barnett was shown. And, and he was over there at the time, and he showed a whole bunch of those people what was going to come down on them. And guess what? Now they're listening. You know, the, the, all those Ukrainians that heard his his preaching and his uh, briefing about what the Lord showed him and the Azov Mina prophecy, it's all coming to pass right now, which means that when Russia gets to the point where Na- they're almost there now, brother. NATO has painted themselves into a corner where all they have left now is a kitchen sink with a red button on it to throw at them, okay? And they're looking over at that red button right now. But because of their pride, they're not going to allow themselves to lose gracefully. And they're going to go out pushing buttons. And they're going to nuke Russia. And they're going to nuke portions of Ukraine where the Russians are holed up in that crescent shape that basically parallels the Dnieper River there, just like Philip Barnett was shown. When they do that, that might coincide exactly with what has been prophesied by Demetra and all those guys about when the Russians attack us. You know, They may attack us as a retaliatory strike because it's going to happen so quickly. We, If we nuke Russia, it's going to take them about you know, three nanoseconds to figure out what's going on and nuke us. Okay. And those missiles fly a lot quicker now. They got some high tech, high speed, low drag missiles that go Mach 10, Mach 12, you know, and they'll be here in minutes. Minutes. If they're a sublaunch, they're going to be here in even less time. They can have a submarine, you know, four miles off the coast of uh, Delaware launching a missile and hit Washington, D.C. in under two minutes. People, gosh, they take for granted, you know, their lives, man, because the the Russians have always had a contingent of ICBMs or sub-launched, you know, uh, ballistic missiles in these submarines just sitting off the coast for years. And we play this game of cat and mouse with them 
where we send out our P3s and we hunt them down and we find them and then we go back and then we send out another a shift to go out and find them again and continue tabs on them where they are, blah, 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 which in reality, we know where they are, but they can launch so quickly that it's not going to matter that we know where they are because their missiles are going to be flying in so quick that even if we could sink their subs, it's not going to matter because they're empty subs now. They're empty platforms. They've done their job. So they can just submerge and drive home, you know? Why would you attack a submarine that doesn't have any weapons in it? You'd save your your weapons for one that does, you know? So those guys are just parked out there waiting, and they know the minute they launch that we can locate them, but they're going to do it so quick and so brazen that we're not going to be able to do anything about their submarines, man. The reality is... It's not going to matter. It is not going to matter. This country will be devastated in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. They'll keep bombing. I mean, it'd probably be a barrage of sorties for, I don't know, half an hour, maybe. So, brother, did you want to recap what's going on in the Middle East? I know there's recently been some developments over there, and uh, maybe then we'll also uh, segue into the Asia-Pacific region. What is your? What are you seeing going on with that? Well... I know the Middle East is going to interrupt, okay? I mean, everybody's been calling that for years. But we're over there in Syria, pretty much uninvited, and the Russians are over there invited, okay? And there's things going on in Africa, too, right now, with Niger and Nigeria. And I remember reading years ago about the vision that George Washington had. And in his vision, he saw this huge cloud of war erupting in the African continent and then uh, getting really bad and then and then creeping over the Atlantic toward the United States. So in, in light of what's going on over there now in Africa, because the Russians are, uh, you know, they've got a foothold in there and the Chinese have a foothold in there. And I think the United States is trying to play catch up. And we have troops over there, too. And we're we're trying to arrange these coups, and the Russians aren't having it. Anyway, and neither are some of the native the, the countries themselves are like, you know, they're they're tired of the U.S. imperialism going on. So there's liable to be some sort of uh, conflagration happen within the African continent pretty soon. There's also the Syrian Iranian slash Russian uh, coalition going on that the United States has got their nose in and their nose is going to get cut off because at some point there's going to be a uh, knockdown drag out and the the Iranians are going to uh, nuke us in uh, in Bahrain. And a lot of our units that are, that are there and that are going to be there at the time are going to be just completely de- you know, destroyed. So basically what you have going on is a series of ambushes that are being set up for the United States to be weakened further and our military to be eviscerated, basically, off of our asset list. And that will make it just that much easier for them to come in here and roll through here. But I kind of wanted to hit a few high points on the rest of that year that Chuck Youngbrand had seen because it kind of dovetails into that. And I see, like, we've both seen visions of 
guys being drafted, right? Yes. And, and I'm in a big hurry, in a rush, without a lot of gear being provided for them, you know, and support. The winter's going to be really, it's going to end abruptly in April with warm days and sun, and it'll be very pleasant, and many will think it's over. But the land is parched, and last year's crop failures will deepen. Rivers, lakes will dry up this year. Temperatures will rise over 120 degrees by mid-May. And underground cisterns are going to dry up and such. In other places, rainfall is going to be so heavy that flooding and destruction will be unavoidable. Other areas will be ripped by numberless tornadoes and hurricanes. And waves of tremors will shake the land, followed by outbreaks of disease and fear. And hate spawned destruction. You know, something that uh, the Lord brought to my attention. You know, in the scenario where in August there will be food riots, he says, if it's this year. Well, yeah. I've seen uh, videos and reports of these guys in hoods, hoodies, just ransacking stores already. Okay. And they're not grabbing maybe food per se, but they're grabbing stuff out of Nordstrom and, you know, whatever, wherever they, whatever they can get, you know. But they're doing it in a very uh, structured, organized fashion. Hit and run, hit and run, hit and run, you know. And the cops are pulling their hair out trying to figure out who it is and how they're doing it and all this stuff, right? Well, there's probably things going on that they're not reporting where they're hitting stores that have food and they're just piling up food in their shopping carts and then rolling it out into a van and taking off. I don't know, but it would be something I'd look for. That's been going and on for about a year now, actually. Yeah, and more more organized gangs just cleaning out of stores to the point where they're going to have to have armed security on site or have the cops there 24-7, you know, if that's possible. I don't know, but I think it's just going to get so out of hand at some point that they will have to take more drastic measures. But, you know, like, it's just something to look for. That's all I'm saying, that there's a potential for that to start really ramping up. Yeah. So getting back to this, these points, he says here, everything is failing. Only the Christians have the strength to act, and the hand of God will be clearly visible to all in the Christian communities. Many will be saved in this time, but many others will curse God, knowing full well why this has befallen them. And he gets on, he goes on, he talks, sin will grow in its deepest, even in the midst of judgment, with the call to repentance the loudest. And then he says, multitudes will reject Christ in knowing ways, and the depths of depravity and abominable behavior will stun even the most compassionate. And that's what I was talking about, how, how these people are just going to get more and more brazen in their acts, you know, and what they're doing. And the wrath of God will increase. You know, it'll really burn hot, he says, and his fury will be unleashed in a terrible way. And that's when the giant earthquake hits the Midwest. And the whole continent will shake by the intensity of this quake. And the Midwestern United States is going to be devastated. So if you live in the Midwestern United States, like Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, you know, Kansas, maybe, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, Arkansas, and parts of Texas, you know, the, the Midwest, this quake is going to be so huge that it's going to cr cause a crevice that's going to go from Lake Michigan all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. So you're talking about a very serious shaking. And folks need to have preparations in places where they don't have all their eggs in one basket. You know, 
I mean, have a storage of water out in your vehicles, have a storage of water in your barn, have a storage of water in your, you know, chicken coop or whatever it is you got, but divvy it up a little bit so it's not all in one place and think ahead. What is it I'd like to have after this quake? Have some fire extinguishers on hand, having the ability to put out fires because there may not be any water and, you know, things like that. So I'm just saying this thing is coming and when it comes, it's, you know, there, there's no stopping it. And if you're alive, you're going to have to pick yourself up and, you know, make do with what you got. But if you can alleviate some of the needs right off the bat, you'll be that much more ahead of the game. But then he talks about the U.S. Navy. Well, well the Russians, are, they're going to see this as the opportunity that they've looked for. And between them and the Chinese, they're going to launch the buttons. And that's it. You know, full thermal nuclear attack on the United States. So. You know, I'm thinking summertime, sometime in the summertime, this quake is going to hit or late spring, early summer. And then and it could be caused by some large, you know, space rock that hits the Atlantic Ocean and hits in such a way that it disturbs the whole tectonic plate system so bad that, you know, it causes not only tidal waves and tsunamis, but it creates a situation where. A lot of the faults that are underneath the uh, North American craton are just going to break and split open. And it's going to ring the whole bell of the earth pretty hard. So there may be other quakes as a result elsewhere around the world as a result of all this shaking going on. But anyway, getting back to this. um, So the Russians hit us and the Navy and the U.S. Air Force are dealt death blows. Major cities are destroyed. The U.S. Uh, returns a hard punch to Russia, much to their surprise. Russia weathers it and counterattacks with strength and within two months invades. Russian amphibious and airborne troops invade the east coast of the United States at five points, two points north of New York City and three points south of New York City. One of the places they're going to hit is uh, Slaughter Beach in Delaware. And if anybody cares to look, you can look it up on Google Earth and look where Slaughter Beach is. Well, the beach is so perfect for an amphibious landing. All these guys have to do is drive up on the beach, get on the highway, and drive north. It's going to be that simple. And they're going to do a feint towards uh, Washington, D.C., and possibly further south in there to throw off whatever's left of the U.S. military at the time. So they'll have a good head start heading off into Philadelphia. Because that's what they want. That, that's what they want to set up their hub so they can distribute their um, military power westward from there. It's a nice warm water port, and they have air, a, a large airstrip there or airport, whatever. So anyway, so the U.S. Army fights hard, and they manage to contain the Russian invasion points. But then the heavy Russian attacks break out in one bridgehead, and they sweep towards the destroyed Philadelphia area. U.S. armies are threatened from the rear and attempts to stem the Russian advance fail. So with the airborne troops are going to bring in here, and they're going to bring in here, you know, many thousands of airborne. The sky is going to be filled with aircraft. And it'll be just like with the Red Dawn, you know, scenario. In the second Red Dawn movie, they had a pretty good visual of what's going to come down when they were hitting Spokane and all of those planes, you know, flying over and dropping paratroopers, that's exactly what it's going to look like. They did a pretty good job uh, depicting that whole invasion. 
even if the story was a little funky. But they did get some pretty accurate uh, visuals on there about how it's going to all unfold. So the president in Bannon's Washington, D.C., he's probably going to be somewhere else, you know, anyway. And it's not like it really matters who's the president at the time. But the Chinese and the Japanese are going to invade the West Coast a little bit later, according to this. And they take Hawaii, and they're probably going to take Guam, and they're probably going to take Diego Garcia. And the Japanese are going to be in on it with the, with the Russians. And so they're going to, the Japs are going to take Hawaii again. That's going to be Pearl Harbor too, all over again. You know, that in and of itself is just incredibly a wild thing that it's going to happen again, Pearl Harbor, you know? Uh, and, you know, this is just my hunch, but I have a feeling that this whole thing with Hawaii, you know, is somehow prepping the ground for this future invasion by Japan and the Chinese. And because I, I mean, I know the Chinese have certain people in their pocket and they are in cahoots. So it doesn't surprise me really. No. But I just have a kind of a hunch about that. So Hawaii surrenders to Japan intact and China jointly occupies with Japan. The U.S. Army is pressed back on every front. Washington, D.C. is a ruined city, falls into Russian hands. The president and the government move west and set up a seat of government in Kansas and the Dakotas. The U.S. industrial base, whatever there's left or whatever exists of it, is largely destroyed, although smaller factories are opening up in small towns everywhere. A severe fuel shortage cripples every effort. The U.S. Air Force is outnumbered and outclassed. And Russian and Chinese aircraft control the skies over every battlefield. The U.S. Navy is destroyed or surrendered, and that gets back into the Taiwan thing. <clears throat> the president tries to arrange these terms, but neither Russia, China, or Japan will respond, and the war goes on. Um, he talks about somewhere in here about Florida being underwater. It was Florida, Alabama. Here it is. Southern Florida and parts of Louisiana and Alabama are underwater and cease to exist. Now, this is some time before the Russian invasion, okay? And it could be as a result of the earthquake that hits the Midwest. It creates such shaking that a huge hunk of Florida just literally sinks, breaks off and sinks. So, you know, to people that list, they're listening, you know, if you have, if you yourself or other folks, you know, their loved ones are living in these areas, you know, give them a heads up because those areas are going to be flooded and those areas are going to be uh, just totally devastated. You know, if this timeline is coinciding with the year that we're in and the next year that's coming, 2024, and this happens in the summertime, that's not a whole lot of time to prepare, you know, or sell your place and pack up and move somewhere else. I mean, that's the bottom line. You're going to have to consult the Lord on, on these things. I mean, if I lived in Florida right now and I heard of this or I knew of it, I would be moving. I would be out of there. I would not be living in Florida. And some people, you know, a lot of these uh, folks that are immigrants into this country right now, they're going to be leaving in droves because the Lord is going to give them a heads up in their spirit that they need to leave this country. And, uh, 
they will. They will leave. And a, a lot of Americans will probably leave, too. And maybe some already are, are out of here already. You know, I heard, what's that fellow's name? He had a program on TV where he talked about different conspiracies. Governor, what's his face? Jesse Ventura. Maybe soon. Jesse Ventura. Right. He went down to Mexico. You know, he left. He's out of here. They were hounding him too much. And he, I think he was afraid for his life. And he, he's getting older and he's like, the hell with this. I'm getting out of here. You know, I don't need this action. Yeah. In regards to that, um, most people don't realize um, he did a show with Dr. Rima Labo. And this was back in 2010 or was it 2011? I can't remember. But um, the show called Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, it used to air on True TV uh, once a week. And there was an episode with Dr. Rima Labo where she was a guest and talking about a plan to get everyone to take the and that there was a pandemic coming in the near future. And it was interesting after that episode aired, I remembered at the time um, I had Dish Network and it wasn't plugged into the phone line or hooked up to the internet and they couldn't delete it off people who had satellite who were not hooked up to, you know, the provider system. But anybody who had cable, that episode mysteriously disappeared off people's DVRs. Like, cable companies around the country deleted it. And, you know, I can testify to that because I had a neighbor at the time. She went to work, and she had cable. She had set her DVR. Every episode had recorded week after week after week. But then that episode came on. It was there when she got home from work, but she was too tired to watch it. And then the next day she went to go watch it and it had been deleted. And of course that was when I invited her over to my house to watch it. And then after she saw it, she was like, well, I understand now why they probably did delete it. And I said, it doesn't exist. You never saw it. It doesn't exist. You know, it was a running joke for us for a long time because they'd be saying one thing yet doing another. And that's essentially what you see happening right now. Same thing. So the claims that that was going on were true. And I'm not sure if that aired anywhere else outside of the U.S., but that was what was happening here. And then, but then these companies were like, "Oh no, there's nothing going on with that." And it was like it was just awfully suspicious that that particular episode, out of all of them, was removed. And there was another episode that was aired where he had uncovered um, coffins for mass burials. So they didn't renew the show or I think they may have renewed it, but then um, they canceled it midway through and it never aired again. There were never reruns. It never even came to DVD to my knowledge. So yeah, he was, I've seen him live a few times since doing interviews, but I don't know if he's in the U S doing those or if those are over the internet. And interestingly enough, there was yet another episode where he was interviewing uh, people who had been targets or were being arrested for quote unquote hate speech. And he interviewed supposed heads of state and they denied it and said, Oh no, that's not going on. You're paranoid. There's nothing here to see. So that wasn't going on. But then ironically, a few years after that, there was the whole Edward Snowden debacle and it came out that these programs were in fact spying on people and targeting people and, Look at what you have now. You know, so was it a conspiracy? If it wasn't real, why are they trying to hide it?
It's because they don't want light shown on what they're doing and what their plans are. And this is going on while everyone's distracted with politics and idols and all these things that we've talked about many times before that do not matter. Now look how far we've come with the surveillance state, with what's getting ready to happen and what's going down right now. You know, fact checkers, conspiracy theorists, disinformation, blah, blah, blah. You know, soon they'll be calling any teachings of Jesus and the true gospel a conspiracy theory or labeling it hate speech. You have to question why certain churches don't even preach against certain things, nor do they bring it up. The bottom line in all of this is to just simply quote what Jesus said, Luke 8, 17, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. That is both for good and for bad. And I rest my case. So, you know, going back to Jesse Ventura, I think it's safe to say that he was well over the target, you know, over 12, 13 years ago. But yeah, definitely coincides with what you were just saying about him. Yeah. Uh, he puts out some stuff once in a while, but that's a clue right there. So and I imagine there's other folks that are doing the same thing. that are hip to what's happening. I mean, I know the government's making plans to bonsai out of here. Certain members of our government are beginning, you know, giving them sat phones and there's a lot of shenanigans going on. You know what I mean? Um, That's all been going on for some time now. Yeah. So I just wanted to run that little, those few high points by everyone because, and Europe is going to be affected too. I mean, there's a lot of places in Europe that are going to be underneath, you know, the Russian thumb and whether they agree or not, that's just the way it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of areas in Europe that are going to be divvied up to other nations like Korea and uh, other countries. So for your listeners in Europe, you know, you might want to think about that. But the Russians, they're going to blow through Germany like they weren't even there. You know, and, and the Germans are probably going to capitulate and side up with the Russians if they're smart. And uh, France is probably going to be doing the same thing. Britain, I don't know. But it's not going to go well for them. Everybody's looking at some portion of this whole judgment. Everyone's but, choosing sides at the moment. What is happening, by the way, over in the Asia Pacific region? I know mm -hmm. you wanted to touch on that. Well, the Chinese and the Russians are lubing up their weapons, you know. I mean, they're coordinating naval movements together to work the kinks out right now. I mean, they, they sent a whole flotilla up to Alaska, you know, to kind of give us a, a little angst. And say, hey, guys, we're here and we got your number. But they're practicing and they're doing rehearsals. I mean, they're working out the kinks, whatever communication problems they have between their two languages, uh, making sure all their gear is copacetic and working properly with each other, you know, making basically like the dress rehearsal about how they're going to plot out this whole invasion scenario. So everybody's on the same page. I mean, it's a smart move. That's what I would do. They're doing, basically, they're doing, if anybody cares to look, you can look up troop leading procedures, U.S. Army, okay? And there's eight steps. And these eight steps are basically very logical, very thought out steps that people use to conduct uh, war. And not only war, but people do these things without even knowing it in their everyday life. You know, let's say you want to go to the grocery store and get some groceries, right? 
Well, you have to back plan a little bit. You have to make sure you have gas in your car. Got to make sure you have time to do it. Got to make sure the store is open. Uh, you got to bring whoever with you you're going to take with you. So you got to give them a heads up. You have to make a little bit of a, a plan, you know. And then you do a recon. Is the weather okay? Yeah, the weather's okay. We can go. You know, there's no gigantic catastrophe happening. So, you know, everything's good to go. I have my keys. Okay. I have my purse or whatever. And get in the car and drive over there. And so it's sort of just like a, a series of things everybody kind of goes through every day in their life that you can apply to conducting military ops. And they wrote these all up in a, you know, very logical, very military sounding uh, sequence of procedures they do. But every military unit and every military army throughout history has basically followed these same steps. Maybe some a little more, maybe some a little less, but basically you start out with the mission. What are you going to do? You know, and the second thing you do is give your people a heads up. Hey, guess what? Warning, there's a mission coming down. So then you go and you start movement with people getting things ready. So you get all your little troopies out there to get them all ready. And you work out all the kinks. And you look at your mission and you say, okay, what am I going to need for this mission? Well, I'm going to need rope. I'm going to need fuel. I'm going to need bullets and bombs and beans and band-aids, you know. And so you make sure that they're all arranged and all the logistics is everything, you know, hunky-dory. And then you send a little team out of recon to go look the ground over that you're going to be occupying or entering into. So you can look at all the different aspects of the terrain and then make your decisions based on all that information you gather and then come back and make a plan. And then you do a rehearsal and then you rehearse and rehearse and you work out all the little kinks. Well, that's where they're at right now. They're at the rehearsal phase right now. And they're at the logistic phase, planning all this, getting everything all ramped up and ready to go. Then they'll send an advanced party out there, do a last recon and make sure that they've got all their ducks in a row. And if there's been any changes in the terrain or changes in the disposition of the enemy forces, so they can adjust their plan. So they come back and they adjust their plan. And then they set a, a certain time and day and they go, okay, we're going to leave it this day. We're going to do this there. And this is how the plan goes. And then as the war progresses, depending upon what's going on, they make adjustments to that plan. But the general mission doesn't change, you know, and so they can just go by the seat of their pants after the whole the first shots fired and make adjustments. And that's kind of how wars go. And, you know, there's always the unforeseen variable that flies into the mix you have to have contingencies for that so basically that's where they're that's what they're doing if you have the ability to kind of see how they're doing it little tells in the news and little tells in the movements they make and and these little agreements and meetings they have and uh even wars that they're having is all geared for the main mission you know I mean, Putin is a very shrewd dude. He is basically getting a lot of his troops ramped up, war-ready and combat experienced to the nth degree, okay? These guys, when they're all done with Ukraine, they are going to be some hardened, sharp-teethed wolves that are going to be ready to just jump on the United States. And China, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be doing something similarly 
and getting their troops rotated through some sort of combat action to get them ramped up and ready to rock and roll on the United States. And Taiwan may be that ticket. You know, they, they might do that just to get everybody, you know, the taste of blood. So they know what it's like. They know what combat's like. And they know what's going to work for sure. And they know what's not going to work for sure. You know what I mean? So that's what's happening. And Putin is also, by this action over in Ukraine, causing the United States and the West, NATO, to use up a lot of their resources that will not be available later on when he's decided to go in. And he's, you know, the Chinese and and the Russians are smart people, man. We're going to be going into this thing on sheer vapors and momentum of our past glories, which really we don't have that much of a glory as far as going up against a real serious opponent with a large army. We've had some police actions in Iraq and Afghanistan and elsewhere, you know, but we've never come up against somebody else with what the Russians and the Chinese have. We're basically moving on the momentum from our push from the 80s. We're using technology and gear that is now, you know, thrashed, worn out, and our troops are have been diminished by social engineering and all these crazy experiments they did. You know, I mean, when I was in, man, there wasn't any females on an aircraft carrier, okay? And there weren't any females in combat slots. And it was for a good reason. And now it's anybody and everybody and their brother that can get in and be in all these places that are a sad example of of anything, really. Well, that or they're concerned about gender identity and getting everything politically correct while our enemies are preparing. Yes, it's insane. Well, disgrace and a cruel joke are more the terms I'd use for it, but... Yes, even from the start. We're we're already at a huge, tremendous disadvantage. But you you know when this all begins, they're going to whip everybody into a patriotic fervor. Yeah, they're going to try. And then yeah, they'll say, oh, anybody not going along, they're, they're anti-American. Oh, yeah. You're well, they're already trying to do that if yeah. you don't go along with the new normal. Yeah. I mean, if you call a sodomite a sodomite, hell, you're, you're liable to go to prison. This has happened before. You know, this happened to Israel years ago. Same thing. They got all messed up morally, and God warned them, and they kept on doing it, and then God took them out. That was it. And that was his own people, you know, the chosen people. Yep. And we can't even come together on the basics. A house divided can't stand, a nation divided will fall like a haughty spirit that comes before a fall. And we don't come together because it's pride. We can't even come to agreement on these things, even though they're going on all around us. Silence mostly. No speaking out against the evil. Somebody else can do it. That's the American way. Yeah. He's merciful, right? He's not going to do that to the United States. Well, that's the mistake we make here in mm-hmm. this country is, yeah. oh, it can never happen here. That's only yeah, for everybody right. else. Yeah. Somehow America and, gets to escape everything. But that's not going to happen, man. What's going to happen is what these fellows, these prophets have put out. He's giving you know, people I, time I, to I, repent, and those who worship him must yeah. worship him in truth. I am no prophet, man. I'm just, an, I'm just an observer and a believer in Jesus, and he shows me stuff, you know, once in a while. But 
He doesn't say, well, doesn't thus says the Lord go tell him you know, or anything like that. Not not yet. But he has told many prophets, present day prophets, you know, what is coming down. And it's irresponsible for the Christian community to blow these off to their own undoing. Especially now when it's all happening right before their eyes and they still resist it, resist looking at it and accepting it and receiving it in the way that God is telling them, truly how he's telling them. And the priests do not convey the truth, neither do the pastors half the time. And because they don't convey the truth or only part of it or 25% of it, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yes. And as and, a result, those um, priests and pastors and the false prophets preaching peace, 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 when there is no peace, are going to find themselves in the judgment as well. Yes. So I say to people that will receive it, gird your loins. Gird your loins. Now, I don't know if anybody really knows what that means. They've read it probably a few times in the Bible. I don't know if they looked it up, but when you gird your loins, okay, that means you're getting ready for a serious run, okay? If you're a guy, you've got to tighten up everything that's hanging down there, okay? Because it's going to be banging against your legs. And you don't want that problem going on when you're running out flat out full throttle. What they used to do was they, they put a cloth, like a loincloth, tight around all their gear and then cinched it real tight. And so they could take off and run like the wind, like a deer, without worrying about all that stuff. And nowadays, you know, football players use a jock strap to do the same exact thing or, you know, people in sports. So that's what he means by girding your loins is to prepare yourself spiritually and tighten up your gear, okay, and your soul and, and get tight with him because we're in for one bucking bronc. And if you're not tied onto that saddle, man, you're going to get flung off and it's going to hurt. So trim your lamp, you know, that's what he's saying when he says that. Trim your lamp, get tight with him now. He is strengthening the faith of many right now, if only people will submit to him. Yeah. And he'll also guide you where to go. He'll guide you. And he's guiding people now. He's giving them heads up right now to leave certain areas. And I mean, you know, up and leave. And if your family isn't agreement with you and they decide to stay and the Lord's telling you to go, who are you going to obey? You know, who are you, who are you going to listen to? There's a lot of folks, myself included, who had to make that decision. And I was tempted not to. I was tempted greatly not to do it. But I'm glad I'm glad I listened to the Lord. I followed his lead because, you know, it's like he says, whoever's left father or mother or sister or brother for the kingdom of God's sake will be blessed more in this life and then more in the life to come, etc. You know, and he who doesn't or love his family more than me is not worthy of me. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's sometimes very difficult. It was very difficult. It was one of the hardest things I ever did, had to do in my life. It is very difficult. And you know, brother, I think before we close it out today, I should make mention too that there's a reason additionally that these separations take place. Either the Lord has something for you to do, or he could be moving you to safety. It's possible that what you're going to be doing for him could be a danger to your family or vice versa. They may become a danger to you. Remember, the Lord said a man's enemies would be right in his own household. And 
there are several reasons that there are divisions taking place. And, you know, brother, as you know, Sister Glinda, she's done a whole um, series on why the divisions are occurring. But I felt that that was worth mentioning because that is taking place. And there's also a division of the wheat and tares taking place right now. Yes. And, you know, I talked about this at the beginning of the year when I had the uh, dream about the railroad tracks and maneuvering from one side through the crossing to the other and that there would be those who would stay behind. And those who stay behind, whether due to fear or arrogantly choosing to go their own way, they would be forfeiting blessings or their safety in the times to come. And uh, we're quickly approaching these scenarios that we've been going over in the last two series. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Continue. Yes. People are going to have to come to grips with that and get, like I said, get down in the prayer closet and, and hear what God is telling you. Because, you know, that wave, I'm telling you what, brother, that wave was right there. And it's coming. There's no room for uh, Wiffle Waffle now, man. There's no room. There's just no room left. And, and that goes for us, too, brother. I'm in agreement. <laughs> You know what I mean, man? I mean, it'll get really, really down, and I, I, I can feel it. You know, it's like I, I... I've been talking about the submission for weeks. Good grief, you know. Um, my thoughts are more in line with Christ, you know. He's taking captive any bad stuff that might be trying to make its inroad into my brain, you know, or my heart or whatever, because it's going to be a difficult battle, and I don't need extra baggage be carrying around when i'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other you know so yep can't emphasize that enough yeah but we have a courage you have a race to run and got to strip off the weights that slow us down yeah i mean for such a time as this yes yes he knows every leaf and he knows every grain of sand and he knows every one of us he put us here for a reason every one of us has a unique task to perform in this whole battle so it's time to move out and draw fire you know move out and draw fire pray for me too we'll be we're supposed to be praying for the family of believers everywhere yeah there's many out there who are looking for direction right now yeah they need to find it in the prayer closet you know get away from the the video games and all the garbage and get quiet with him Get away from the TV. Go take a walk in the woods or something and get away. Get quiet. That's how you find it. Jesus did the same thing. He would just take off and walk up in the mountains and get away. He was our example, you know. I mean, he was overwhelmed that sometimes he was tired, you know. Yep. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't eating good and, and he, got, he got exhausted from time to time. And what did he do? He would go off and pray. And that's 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 what the body needs to be doing right now, especially because once this starts, man, you're going to have to be carrying a full lamp. Okay, I agree with you, brother. And didn't you have also another dream? You had the one about the tsunami, but then you were telling me about another one uh, that you had recently. Do you want to go over that really quick? Okay, so I had the tsunami dream, right? And then I did the podcast with Glenda, and then about three days later. Uh, I had this other dream and I was up in the mountains somewhere and it's to me, it was like the Rockies, right? Felt like the Rockies. It was tucked up in the mountains, 
And it wasn't like uh, Denver or someplace like that where the plains is on one side and you got mountains on, on the other side. So I was just on a highway on the edge, of like on, on the shoulder of a highway. I, somehow I know it's north. I was looking north and I was looking at this large, really big, gigantic mountain range, right? And there was snow on the tops. And I was just standing there on the edge of the road. You know, another one of those, why am I here deals? And I saw this whole gigantic mountain, this piece of the mountain just start to collapse. And it looked like uh, at first it, it, it was just a huge chunk, right? And then it broke up and it looked like, you know, like when a gravel truck backs up and, and lifts its gate and all the gravel comes pouring out. Uh, that's what it looked like. And there was this huge cloud of dust and debris and stuff coming up. And I was standing there just looking at it with my jaw open. I was like, what? You know, and about five seconds later, man, the ground started shaking where I was. And um, I turned around and I looked the opposite direction and there was this city that was there. And I was looking at this one building in particular. Now, these buildings, they were not really skyscrapers per se. They were kind of like older, but there was this one that stood out to me uh, pretty clearly. And it was about 20 stories, 25 stories high, maybe, maybe 30 stories. but. It was just swaying like a palm tree, man, you know, back and forth really hard. And I could see pieces of it were sharding off of it. And then I woke up, you know, that was it. It was just a quickie. But I just sat there and I, I thought about it for a while. I was trying to figure out where this could be, you know. The feeling I kind of got was it was in a city of some size, but not really big, you know, like a smaller city. Yeah, And I thought, well, gosh, what's in the Rockies? What's in those mountain ranges that, that could possibly be? And um, I thought, well, gosh, maybe Salt Lake City, right? So I looked up Salt Lake City. And sure enough, man, there's this one building in Salt Lake City. And the picture, the first picture that came up was a picture of the city in front and this gigantic mountain range behind it. And it's called the, the Washash Mountains, I think. Washak Mountains or something like that. I mean, I'm not really too familiar with that area, but I was stationed in a, a smaller town nearby there, and I went to school in another camp that was on the outskirts of Salt Lake City. But I was over a ridge or two from Salt Lake City, so I didn't really see Salt Lake City that much. But anyway, so I'm looking at this picture, and there is this one building that looked just like the building I was looking at now. I don't know for sure if that was it, you know, or not. And I, I you know, I'm not saying that Salt Lake City is going to get hammered or nothing. But the feeling that I got was that this event is going to be coinciding or, or at the same time as other events that are going on. You know what I mean? As far as seismic events. That's what I was going to so, say. It sounds like it's a quake or something. Yeah, it was a large, large tectonic seismic movement across the country is what I felt like. Because I prayed about it and I asked the Lord, you know, and it was sort of like this is going to be happening at the same time as what's going to be happening on the West Coast and what's going to be happening in the uh, New, New Madrid area, you know, and the Midwest. So people in the Rockies, as far east 
possible or west as, as Salt Lake City, Nevada, um, Utah, you know, I mean, Arizona maybe even, are going to be affected. You know, it's going to affect a large area of the United States. So it's always a good idea to be prepared and to make some movement in that area to provide for yourself and your families like people used to do 120 years ago, you know, 140, 50 years ago. People were uh, hardy. They were they had a pantry full of goodies and, and they knew how to make and can goodies and they knew how to grow gardens and they knew every you know, they knew all this stuff. And a lot of that's been lost through the course of, uh, you know, the last hundred years to most people. Most people don't have a clue where food comes from, you know, except in the grocery store. And that's just the way things are. Not taking anything away from anybody that may not know. I'm just saying that is how it is. You know, it's a two-edged sword. Our, our technology has left us um, at a great disadvantage when things get tight, things get rough. So I'm just saying, be proactive, embrace it, face it, and do something about it. You know, like I said, move out and draw a fire, get, do something. Because if you don't, you're going to wish you did. And even if you did, you're going to wish you did more. And not that God won't provide in some way, but you're going to have to endure some serious hardship. So just get that set in your head that you're going to have to endure some serious hardship. People are checking out already because they think it's so bad. Things are tough, you know, but things are not as bad, really, like they're going to be. So that's something to think about, you know. We are in a time of mercy right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, money's tight. Everybody's it's tight on everybody, you know, and fuel costs are going up and everything's going up and it's hard. It's getting hard to get things. But, man, we're going to look back on this like this was the good times. You know, from what the Lord has shown me in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. And uh, don't take anything for granted. I mean, when you when you get your nice, clear cup of water, you know, to drink, thank God you have it. Because it's going to be hard to find water, clean, clear water. You know, a simple thing such as a cup of water is going to be like a cherished gift from God. Which it is already. People just don't realize it. But... You're going to dream about a nice juicy cheeseburger and fries. They're just not going to exist anymore. You know, wrap your mind around that. The things we take for granted, you know, I myself, I'm guilty of it too. I take things for granted every day. You know, every day what I do is I kind of reflect on the day and I look back on it and I go, oh gosh, well, I could have done better here. I could have done better there. Help me, you know, and, and I'm sorry that I didn't appreciate this, and I, but I, I do now. Because these things are going to dry up. So just, you know, people need to, they're going to be here. They are going to be here. People in Ukraine are here. Okay. People in places where there's bombs going off and there's bullets flying by their heads. They are still here right now. This very moment, you know, there's some drone dropping on some troops, blasting their butts into oblivion. Okay, you know, and people like they think it's like far removed, it's far away. But guess what? That that's the kind of stuff that's going to be happening here. And people need to smell the coffee here. Gosh, 
Can we say anything else, brother? I don't know. As you said, gird your loins. Yeah. Brother, many rounds. Thank you for being on. It's always great having you here. It's a blessing to everybody. And I, I pray everybody got something out of this as far as an update. I know we reviewed a lot of things we've talked about, but you can't put enough emphasis on it enough because like you said in the first part, most people cannot comprehend the intensity of what's coming. I think yeah. even you and I are going to be shocked, you know, in a lot yeah, of ways. I know. We're sitting here talking about I mean, it, but still. Sometimes he gives me a knowing, you know, of what the feeling is going to be like. And I'll tell you what, man, it puts a heavy, heavy weight center mass in your chest, you know, just for a few moments. But it's so intense that I get it. And I just go, oh, my goodness, you know. Oh. And it's like I feel his his urgency and his mercy to get the word out to people. Shake him awake as much as we can before he does. You know, I pray I pray that we hit all the points he wanted to have us go over you know we're there we're there we are brother thanks yeah. again ladies and gentlemen that's all i have for you this week may jesus bless you all stay safe out there stay vigilant and like you heard many run say gird up your loins stay in prayer embrace what the lord is trying to show you have a great week everyone <laughs>